Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hello, my beautiful friend, and welcome back to the Spiritual Boss Babe podcast, or welcome if it is your first time listening. I have the amazing Beck Mylonis here with me in today's episode, and I'm really excited for you to listen in and tune in to the cosmic galactic magic that's about to go down. So Beck interviewed me in the last episode that I shared on the podcast, which is also on her podcast called Cracked Open. And we continue the co- the cosmic conversation in this episode and get into a lot of really cool things like kundalini awakening, channeling, soul-led leadership, sharing your spiritual gifts, and so much more. So if you're on this vibe, you're absolutely going to love Beck and going to love this conversation. So Beck is a priestess, energetic alchemist, psychic channel, new earth leader, mystic, creatrix, speaker, and writer who is super passionate about supporting people with navigating their awakening and initiation process in order to step into and embody their fullest, highest, most aligned version of soul self. Beck is extremely gifted. She's uh, an amazing channel and has supported so many people on their awakening journey and really stepping into their soul's calling, their soul's work, and really transforming from the inside out. So I know you're going to love this episode. I can't wait for you to dive in. I can geek out on all of the things that we talk about in here like all day, every day. So I'm excited for you. And as always, if you love the episode, if you love the podcast, leave some love by leaving a review or tag me on Instagram at it's Stephanie Sage. Check out the show notes as well so that you know where to connect with Beck and check out more of her work and what she's all about and up to. And enjoy. So without further ado, let's welcome Beck onto the show. Hello, Beck. I'm so excited to have you on the show to share your beautiful galactic mystical magic here with everyone. Mm. And I'm really grateful that we connected. It's amazing to be here. And thank you. Yeah, it was, it was wild how we connected and I love it. And I guess it just is an indication of everything we're going to talk about today, living mm. your life this way. So thank you for having me. Happy to yeah. be here. I'm super excited. So you you said you've been in kind of been in my realm for a little bit in the online Mm -hmm. space. Um, And we do a lot of similar things with supporting people with opening their gifts and their expression, their channel. I would love to hear like, there's so many different ways I want to go in this, but what, what led you to um, the work that you're doing in the world, supporting others with really being their fullest expression and on the back end of that, I would love to hear your story around how you began to open your channel. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Everything, you know, it's, it's, we all have a Genesis story that we start off with. <laughs> um, mine is pretty funny because I, I've been asking since I was like 15 or 16, 17, even really young. I started asking, what is my purpose for being here? Like, what is the reason that I'm here? And I had this burning feeling inside of me of this knowing of I was here for something. I wasn't just aimlessly here to live this life. Like there was something I came here to do. And my life without that purpose was crippling. Like it was depressing. It was heavy. It was not satisfying. It was not fulfilling. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of mental health issues and trauma and all these things. I don't really, you know, that story is not interesting to me right now, but I had a lot of stuff going on that felt very, 
um, heavy, right? And I started asking when I was about 20, like, if there is some sort of higher power or some sort of something out there, please guide me to this reason for being here because I know that there is more. There was like this knowing in my heart of like, there is more to life than this existence that I'm living. And I knew that if I continued to live the way that I was living, dealing with the mental health stuff, like feeling um, unexpressed, like feeling repressed, feeling depressed, feeling all these things, I was going to end my life. Right. So that was the point that I was at at like 20. I was like, I need to, I need to know. It led me on this long, you know, everyone has this big spiritual awakening journey. Mine kind of started when I was about 20, it started with fitness and like mindfulness and health and, you know, meditating, take care of my body. It then went into law of attraction. It then opened to seeing shamans and healers. It then went from that to like meeting a lot of healers who would say, Hey, you're super intuitive. You're this healer. You're the shaman. Um, taking a lot of risks, doing crazy things like jumping on a flight to go to Bali where I'd only been there twice in my life and like packing up my whole life and going because I heard a voice in my head saying, you need to do this. You need to leave everything behind and go um, to starting my coaching business. So it was like a 10 year journey of it just kept accelerating from the start. It kept accelerating and more pieces would kind of be revealed to me about this, this bigger thing. And I think I really only came into my gifts fully and my purpose when I remember I'd been in Bali for a year in like 2019 and I had been convinced that being a coach was my purpose. So I started off as a coach um, because I discovered the coaching world and I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I'm here to help people. Like I'm here to inspire people. This is what I want to do. And coaching, the coaching industry had really helped me in my journey to start to be aware of my mind and my self-sabotage and my patterns and you know, I was, I was listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza at the time and and that was kind of the realm that I was in. So I was like, yeah, I'm a coach. This is it. This is what I'm here for. And I'd spent a year trying to make my coaching business work and I was bombing. I was tanking. It was like not happening. I think I made like 3000 Australian dollars that whole year. Right. So it was like it, I wasn't making a lot of money. And it reached this point where my biggest fear at the time was I'd been living at a home since I was like 18, 19 years old. My biggest fear at the time was like, going broke and having to go back to my parents who at the time I didn't like, like I had all this healing stuff that I needed mm. to do with them. I really resented them. That was my, the worst thing that could have happened. And it happened to me. I ended up going broke and I had to go back to Sydney um, to be with my parents with $300 in my account. And it was like this message from spirit of like, you're not on, like there's something else here for you that you're mm. not listening to. Like you're not picking up the message. You're not receiving the message. Like you need to open your eyes and listen sort of thing. And it was a moment of surrender for me of being like, fine, if I'm this healer that everyone keeps saying that I am, show me, right? Like show me. And I remember literally the next day I stumbled across this workshop with Kali Ma, who's a dark goddess. If anyone doesn't know her, she's a Hindu deity. She's really intense energy to work with, Shakti, feminine energy. And I did this workshop with her and I had this spontaneous Kundalini awakening and then everything kind of started unfolding over four months. It's like I went to bed, this normal person um, who wasn't really in touch with our intuition, who didn't have these gifts, like who, I mean, I was intuitive, but I think I wasn't giving myself credit for it to then having these like visions of past lives, speaking other languages, having full on body um, like experiences in my body um, making mudras with my hands. Like it was, it was kind of insane, like how quickly it all kind of happened mm. um, and knowing things about people. And then it was like, from there, it was like these, blah, 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 all these steps to like, show me, okay, the, here are these gifts. Here is what you've done across all these lifetimes. And now here is how you're going to help people. And so then the, the mission kind of started unfolding and it was like, oh, I'm here to help healers. Cause that's, I just seemed to like find all these other women who have these gifts, but weren't using them. And then that's the people that were coming to me and I was like, Oh, I'm here to help healers. And then it was like broadening to, Oh, I'm here to activate people in general. I'm here to mm. activate their, their gifts. And then it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm working with galactic energy. Oh my God, there's aliens. Mm. Oh my God. Now I'm like realizing I'm a portal and I'm here to do grid work. And like, you know, so it was like one thing at a time. Um, and I would be tested and initiated through this whole process. How much more can you hold? How much more can you embody? Like how much clearer of a channel can you be? So it was like through the process of my own healing journey, because it was difficult, if I'm being honest, like when everything opened for me, it was also my Saturn return. And I had this awareness of like my soul had come back and was like, I'm going to clear 
all of the shit that I've left here on earth, like all my karmic imprints, all my stuff that I haven't dealt with. I'm going to deal with it. And it was like three years of just dealing with it. I was dealing with all of it, wow. <laughs> like really heavy stuff. Just, just like, let's just get this all done was the sense. Cause I've got a mission. I've got something to do. So let's just get rid of all this stuff. So I spent probably three years of my life crying, screaming, remembering all these like hectic things. Like it was very like chaotic and it was intense and I was knocked out for a lot of it, but still, having these experiences where I was getting to help these incredible people and, and these mystical experiences and full body orgasms. Like it was like all of it all at once. And it was, it was really intense. Um, mm. And it started sort of stabilizing towards the end, but it, it was really like something, there was a, a flick, a, flip, a switch, sorry, that flicked. And it was like, it's all on and it's all of it. And it's all the things and it's too much. And I'm like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. In hindsight, I look back and I'm like, oh, I needed to go through that because the volume of energy that moves through me now to activate people is insane. Like it's it's insane amounts of energy. So it's like my human body had to go through this process of being upgraded and purged and cleared until there was nothing left like that that was blocking kind of the energy that wanted to flow i completely went wow. on a tangent there but no no I no it's so fascinating i'm yeah. just like i'm uh immersed in your story right now and yeah I, I think it's so cool and uh there's so many things that i i want when, when, when how long ago did the kundalini awakening thing happen so i actually like in hindsight looking back i think it was a few years earlier than that it had started to awaken i just had no awareness of it so mm. i had noticed maybe the year before i went to bali so i reckon that's when it started i think the first time i had like a spiritual experience was my grandma had passed away mm-hmm. and i felt her spirit and that was the first time i'd had some sort of like intuitive or, or like psychic experience and that was around the time that when I was trying to sleep at night I was seeing these like speckles in the air and like it was like static in the air I now know that that was my kundalini like it was like me starting to perceive other realms at the time I thought I was going insane um an important part to note was that around that time spirit had said I was on antidepressants and spirit had said there's this message of you need to go off antidepressants when you go to Bali and that's it like you need to stop you need to it's blocking your channel it's blocking your ability to heal um, so I'd gone off antidepressants and then what I was doing in Bali that year, when I was trying to make my coaching business work, I was doing this Joe Dispenza meditation where you basically pull the Kundalini up to your head, right? I didn't know that that's what it was, but he gets you to suck your life force, your breath, whatever it is, squeeze in your lower chakras and pull it up to your head. Mm. I had no idea what Kundalini was, so I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And this is kind of like a really important warning out there because I feel like part of the reason my initiation with it was so freaking hectic is because I'm here to help people to go through that. So they don't go through it. And like, people think it's like this thing that's like this holy grail of I have to awaken my Kundalini and it makes me special and this and that. And so they force it before they're ready for it. And I'm telling you, unless you are ready, you are prepared mind, body, soul for what it can open up in you. Don't rush it. Like it'll happen in perfect timing, right? So what happened was I'd been doing that meditation every single day, every single day, every single day, not knowing that that it was like knocking on the door, trying to get my Kundalini to awaken. And then when I did that Kali workshop, it was with Brew Wilding with Sabrina Lynn. And that was an experiential like embodiment practice workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was like working and bringing Kali's energy into my body, literally like, I don't know, it bursted through something and it like something popped in that moment. So then it was suddenly this visceral experience. Like my Kundalini is super visceral in my body. You can see it moving through my body. Like mm-hmm. I'm shaking, I'm convulsing, I'm moving all the time. My hips are moving. That's kind of like how I am all the time now. And it's not chaotic the way that it used to be. But at the start, it was like, I remember in that workshop, I looked like the exorcist, like in the exorcist, the movie where she's like going down the stairs backwards. Mm-hmm. That's what I looked like. It was Whoa. freaky, right? It was full on. It was, I was like, what is going on? Am I possessed? Like, this is right um and then and it was like extreme bouts of emotion weird physical sensations where i thought i was dying um like hallucinations crazy feelings of like i'm now god because i have these gifts like it was this whole thing of like wow. all these side effects and borderline psychosis right like because it's when you open to that much all at once it's a lot for a human imagine yeah. yeah yeah so my it's really important there's a message here for someone like there's no rush. There's no rush. It's like, yes, having awakened Kundalini is beautiful, but it's also, it's an initiation. Mm-hmm. Like she will tear from you anything where you are holding on to some smallness, like ego, like any pain. Like literally the purpose of Kundalini is to purify through your chakras. The way that it works for those who don't know what Kundalini is, I think I should explain mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I love this. Kundalini. 
yeah, is feminine energy, life force energy. And as the tradition goes in the tradition, she's coiled like a snake. She's represented by a snake and she's at the base of the spine, right? And in order for Shakti, who is the feminine, to meet Shiva, who is the masculine, she needs to travel up up through the central column, through all the chakra system to the crown. And that's where she meets Shiva, who is consciousness, who is the masculine. So for the feminine Shakti to meet Shiva, she has to travel through um, all of the chakra system. And she can't travel through the chakra system if there's a blockage. So if, for Mm. instance, she's working through your root chakra, but there's a blockage in your sacral, which for a lot of us, particularly women, that's where most of the work is, the sacral and the heart to begin Mm. with. For me, the whole first year was sacral, like sexual trauma, creative trauma, um, like being abused, being raped, like all of these things, like that was what it was, like childbirth trauma, womb trauma, witch wound stuff is also Mm. in the wound, in the womb, sorry. Um, so once that chakra is unblocked, then she could flow. But for me, it was kind of like she just went straight into the crown. And then I had this crazy ass missile experience that lasted still going, but I wasn't, my brain wasn't prepared and people need to understand it's an electrical current, right? It's a, it's a, it's actual electricity running through your body. Mm -hmm. And if it's too much too soon, it can fry your circuits, right? So for three or four years of my life, I was in Bali lying by a pool most days, just like knocked out. I couldn't do anything because I was physically fucked, like because of the Kundalini. Sorry to use the word fucked, but that's like, there's no other words. I was like wiped out, exhausted. I had to, basically, I didn't talk to anyone. Like I isolated myself. I was going through these experiences. I was emotionally chaotic all the time, like just a constant never ending, (laughs) like stream of emotions that were unpredictable. And um, that's, that's if it's not balanced, right? When you start to balance that energy, then amazing things can happen. It opens your gifts up. You suddenly, like I said, I was remembering past lives. Mm-hmm. I was able to do healing work. Uh, I was activating other people, orgasmic feelings of bliss. So like now my constant state of being is that I feel orgasmic, mm-hmm. like, like that feeling of pleasure through your whole body. That's yeah. what I feel most days. It's it's incredible. Joy, bliss. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I have Elation. a question. Yeah. Like on this Kundalini topic, because uh, it recently, it's just very interesting that we're talking about this now, literally yeah. like within the last like couple of weeks, I have been curious if like, because I, when I opened my channel in 2020, um, I had certain experiences like that where yeah. Um, my whole body was, t- you know, basically electrical current. It felt like I was, you know, something was inside of my body, of course, and I was channeling and, you know, different movements, muscles in my body were moving in ways that you they you can't possibly consciously do. And um, a lot of it comes from my sacral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like that's like, I don't know, the charging point or something it feels like. And um, I, I started wondering if that was or is still some kind of kundalini awakening or like if for some people they they go through a longer process of it or what is your take on that? Because my gifts opened up like from one, it wasn't from one day to the next, but it pretty much, it started gradually. My channel started gradually opening in the summer of 2020. And then in November, I had a full activation. That's when like the, my whole body and like all the speaking in tongues and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, of course, like it's um, a thing now, my gifts being open. Um, I do still feel like there's another layer to it. And I think that's maybe why it's been coming into my awareness lately. Yeah. So with what the first thing I want to say is like, you can be super online, like switched on open channel without having any Kundalini experiences or without even having awareness that your Kundalini is active. It's either that it's active and it's just not like my Kundalini is very big. It's very emotive. It's very chaotic. It's very expressive because I'm an activator. Like Mm -hmm. I'm literally, my body is used as a portal and a, like an app an activator for my Kundalini speaks to someone else's Kundalini and then it like shocks them awake. Right. So it depends on what your purpose is, what your Dharma is, like what your, what your soul's path is as to whether you have this experience. I know a lot of people who have awakened to Kundalini and they don't have these wild experiences. They don't have the physical sensations. It's very subtle. It can be very subtle. It doesn't need to be chaotic is the only thing, like the other things, sorry, a lot of my experience being so chaotic and wild, I think was an ego thing of like, look at me having these big experiences and I'm going to like, 
you know, mm-hmm. so there was probably some ego in that, my spirit to be like, hey, it doesn't need to be this big, loud thing. It can actually be subtle. So um, the other thing is that it's it's never ending and it comes in waves. So you can have, for instance, like a time where it's really chaotic and it's moving in one one part of your body, like in, like you said, your sacral, like that's where it's feeling really active and that's where you're moving through a lot. And then it feels like, you know, you're, you're having all these movements and the heat and the energy and, and it's, it's like, it's a lot. And then it kind of chills out and it just kind of like, doesn't go to sleep, but it just, it just chills out for a bit. And she's like, okay, now let's just let them integrate whatever it is. And then bam, something will spontaneously fire it up again. And it's, it's an intelligence, right? It's lifeless wisdom, it's knowledge. And it knows what you need in any moment. So for me, it's like, suddenly she'll just start wiping my ass out or working in a certain chakra or whatever it is. Like she'll move to the next place when she's ready. And there's waves of it because basically what Kundalini is, is like a fast track to awakening, right? So when you're ready, then she'll come. Or when you ask her, then she'll come. But it's, it's, um, it's an, it's an ever unfolding process. And a lot of the times where I've been like, that's it. My Kundalini is fully awakened. All my chakras open. She's like round two, ding, ding, let's go, bitch. And it's the whole thing mm-hmm. again, <laughs> or like there's a certain thing in the chakra. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, you said the womb. It's not that necessarily it's coming from your womb. It's that 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 point is where a lot of our sexual energy, most of our sexual energy is held because the mm-hmm. sacral is creative energy, right? And especially for a woman, our womb is, that's our power. Like there is literally a portal into another galaxy or dimension in mm-hmm. our womb. It's a womb gate, right? So for a lot of us, that's where it feels like we feel the Shakti the most. It's not that it's not in or coming up through the earth. It's not coming through our root. It's more just that we feel it the most potent there. And it feels like it's coming from there because that's where it, it's like it um, builds kind of there, if that makes sense. Like that's where it really builds because that's kind of its its seat, its, its home. It's where it wants to be. Um, when you can start to connect your womb and your heart, that's when some really crazy shit starts happening because mm then it's like that alignment of being the heart to me is like the portal of being connected to everything. Mm-hmm. And the womb is still, so we have the, the base three chakras, which are more primal. And then we have the top three chakras, which are more, um, I don't like, like their consciousness yeah. awareness. Yeah. Higher, higher chakras, right? Like, so they're connecting mm-hmm. us and to the heart. Connects yeah. them basically. The heart is the bridge, right? So when we can connect the base level, um, that base with the higher level stuff, then that's when some really epic stuff starts happening. So it's not necessarily that it's like coming from your, from your sacral. It's more just like, that's where it's building. And that's where it's, it's like a palpable physical, like you could feel that energy moving in your sacral. Cause it feels like it's like, Oh, I'm kind of turned on. Like it's like a physical visceral feeling. Right. Um, having said that, you can also feel it in your root, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's just an awareness. Like a lot of us are not grounded when we have this energy activated. So it's harder to feel it in our root to begin with. Yeah. Mm. And do you, so do you support pe- others in this type of awakening when you work with people with their gifts? Is it- I'm not, I'm not like actively trying to awaken people's kundalini Mm -hmm. right so it happens a lot of the time as a result of working with me people feel their kundalini because like i said my mind speaks to theirs so their body's doing all sorts of things i'm here to awaken someone's divine dna and the codes Mm -hmm. within their Mm -hmm. dna and their soul codex and and all of that Mm -hmm. sort of thing like i said it doesn't you don't need to have super active kundalini to have these gifts come online to have galactic stuff happening and i've seen that and it's also because like some of us just aren't like, so for instance, a lot of men, they have Kundalini come online, whatever that, and they don't even have any physical stuff. They have complete different experiences because the feminine is so experiential and raw, yeah. all this stuff. It depends on kind of, like I said, what your purpose is and what your mission is as to how you experience that. Um, and that's not to say that you can't still feel orgasmic, elated, joyful, like heaven on earth energy without it kind of being active. But yeah, sorry, I didn't really answer your question. Yes, I do indirectly. Um, and most of the time it's through kind of doing a lot of womb work like that. The womb work is where the Kundalini stuff really comes online. When I'm doing more like galactivations, that sort of thing, quantum surgeries, it's not really so much about the Kundalini. It's more like when I'm doing the feminine work, I'm doing the Shakti work, I'm doing the um, witch wound work. That's when it starts to kind of come online because it's feminine energy and she wants to be present and she wants to move through us. Um mm. And I think the focus for me now is teaching women who are activated in this way or have really active Kundalini how to 
balance that with their masculine and how to use that productively. Because for me, the years of my life where I was not using that productively and I was chaotic and I was ungrounded and I was a mess and I was like emotional and, and, and all the things um, I've really learned, like I need to have a structure for that energy to flow in because not only then does it allow more energy to flow through me because it's like having that structure allows me to hold more of it. Right. Mm. Um, but also it's going towards something and I can direct it towards something. It's not just like all of this energy chaotically building up in my body and, oh my God, it's so much, I'm going to explode. And so I'm an emotional chaotic mess. It's like, no, that's being directed towards something. So then that channel is flowing and, and there's more that comes because you're using it, right? It's like abundance. Like if you use money, then more comes because you're spending it. You're saying, you know, so it's like, yeah, like teaching them how to work with it because we can't control it. It's not something we can control, right? She yeah, will do whatever the, yeah. yeah, she'll do whatever she wants to do, whatever is in our highest. Not to say that we're a victim to it, but we're not here to control it. It's divine mm-hmm. um, energy moving through us, but we can learn to navigate it and cultivate a healthy masculine, which mm-hmm. I didn't have for a very long time to be able to hold a container for that feminine to flow through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are some things that you did to cultivate that healthy masculine to be able to allow your gifts and energy to flow in a more optimal way? Yeah. Supportive to some people listening. Yeah. The whole Kundalini thing. Like, I think it's in general a good Mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah. The first thing I started doing and in, um, like it was healing my own relationship to masculine energy, right. In a general, not just in terms of like that and how it manifested in my life, but it was like, I had a lot of stuff with men and a lot of women on this path, especially really gifted women Mm -hmm. have like almost like hate towards men, anger towards men. There's resentment, there's bitterness. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We're carrying a lot of that. So I had to deal with like, honestly, that's when my Kundalini spontaneously work. That's what I was dealing with. The Mm -hmm. anger at what the fuck the man, the men, the patriarchy society had done to the feminine had done to Shakti because Shakti is like the goddess. She's the feminine. She's the Oracle. There was a time when we were revered. We were worshiped. And then men came along (laughs) with their little egos, their fragile egos, and then made it all this like masculine dominant paradigm, right? So I really had to like deal with that anger and release it. So it's like releasing that anger, dealing with it, um, clearing that, looking at the relationships with men in my life, my father, my partners, like all of that. I learned a lot through through love and relationships Mm -hmm. and intimate connections. Like there Mm -hmm. were a lot of karmic men that kept showing up in my life, these past life relationships to bring that stuff up so I could heal it. And then it was looking at, so for instance, what happens? Okay. What I'm being shown or like to say is that a lot of us here to do this work, who are feminine, we come up through a distorted masculine. So we're in distorted masculine energy. When we step on this path, I was in distorted masculine energy. And what that means was there was this mentality of overworking, pushing, forcing, um, hustling, um, very cold, shut off, like not in my emotions, not in my feels, couldn't show anyone emotion, boss bitch, like that toxic boss babe energy, right? And not to use boss babe because I know it's you. <laughs> it's your thing, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you that mean toxic. Like the hustle, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in that energy and what I had to do basically was soften into my feminine because that was, I was in toxic masculine. I was so not in my feminine energy. Started healing that by allowing myself to surrender, to soften, to um, open, to be vulnerable, to take time off work and be more cyclical. So I healed by going hyper into my feminine, basically. So I let go of all my masculine, went hyper into my feminine. But then what happened was I had no masculine because I was hyper in my feminine. So this is the path that we kind of go on. Most women on this journey, we then we really get into the divine feminine work. We start embodying the divine feminine. We're like, oh, my God, I love this. This is home. Blah, blah, blah. But then we get two in the feminine. And then we're knocked off balance because we we need that healthy masculine. So then the next part would to be swing a little bit, the pendulum to swing a little bit to start bringing that masculine back. And so for me, that looked like setting myself some discipline, some routine, some structure, um, having a purpose. Like the masculine is purpose. The masculine is service. The masculine is like I am directed towards something and all my attention and focus is there, right? So where am I? 
letting myself get knocked off by distractions or, um, you know, where am I non-committal and flaky? My thing with men was always like, I kept attracting these non-committal flaky men and it was this mirror and I hated it. Right. And I still kind of sometimes do. And I'm like, fuck, it's showing up again. But it was this mirror for me of like, where am I non-committal or flaky to what I say that I'm going to do? So having integrity. So some things I started to do was like, when I say I'm going to show up to something, I freaking show up. I put it in my diary. I turn up. I'm not like wishy-washy. Let's go with the flow and see what happens. And then it's time for the thing. And I'm like, no, I just want to be in bed crying and being in my feminine all night. Like, no, it's like I committed to that because it felt good in the moment. So I'm going to show up. So showing up, discipline, routine, structure, um, witness consciousness. That's the masculine, like the, the ability to neutrally witness without judgment. That's masculine. Um, structure. I said that already discipline, focus, <laughs> intellect. So like taking a different from being in my emotions and to then taking myself out of my emotions and looking at them and being like, how can I intellectualize this or understand this from the a perspective of looking at my thought patterns around this or like intellectualizing it. Right. So it's practicing those masculine qualities every day. And it's also like literally holding my feminine. So the number of times where I would do like any union work with myself where I would allow my feminine to be feeling all these like things and the chaos and the emotions. And I would imagine myself as my own masculine or as God or Shiva or Jesus or whatever masculine being you can relate to holding my feminine and being like, I love you. You're not, a, you're not too much. You know, I've got you, you're safe. You're protected. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what the feminine wants to feel to be able to open. She wants to feel safe. She wants to feel like, she's taken care of her needs aren't too much. Her emotions aren't too much. Her magic isn't too much. We all feel like we're out here. We're too fucking much. Mm -hmm. If I was to like step into, this is an activation for someone, by the way, if I was to step into and allow all this magic that wants to flow through me, like actually be here and be present, it would, it would be too much. Like me and all of my fullness is too much. Me and all my power is too much. Me and all my magic and my gifts is too much because we have these wounds that we come into this lifetime of of being told we were too much, of being burnt at the stake, of being, you know, victimized, abused, whatever it is, our sexual energy is too much, tone it down, like you're too beautiful, you're too radiant, you're too this, you're too that. But men who couldn't handle the feminine in all of her power because it threatened them, because it made them feel like they lost their control, whatever it was, right? So we need to heal that within first by by holding our own feminine, by witnessing ourselves. Um, And then what happens is we become that masculine polarity, we actually become that divine masculine within us. And as we become that divine masculine within us, and we start to attract in our reality men who were vibrating at that frequency. Mm. And then by being around us in our feminine, it actually elevates their masculine because the feminine rises and the masculine follows, right? They lead, but we rise first. Shakti has to rise for Shiva to activate, right? Mm. So it's like that. And then they're starting to meet us and then we can be more, and then they can learn to hold more. And then so we, be, you know, we're able to be more of ourselves and they step more into their masculine. And it's this dance. And that's also happening within us as well. The more of our feminine we allow to be present, then it's like, oh, fuck, now my masculine needs to upgrade. So I'm going to have to do the masculine work. And it's it's constant like that. Like we're switching between I'm in masculine today, I'm in feminine tomorrow, I'm in masculine for this little thing, this part of my day, and then I'm in feminine. And it's like tuning into yourself and asking what serves in this moment right now. Is it me being in masculine? Is it me being in feminine? Is it I need my intuition? Is it I need my emotion? I need my uh, creativity? Or is it uh, my heart, my inspiration, my passion? Or do I need my ability to get shit done, right? It's also in our cycle, like as women, for me, I'm super masculine when I'm ovulating and around my ovulation towards like, as I'm moving towards my period as I, and, and my bleed, I'm starting to get more soft, more feminine, more vulnerable, more inward. I want to like mm. be in my red tent, like channeling spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like listening to your body um, because even in the hormones that our body is creating, it's lending us to different energies. I went on a complete rant there, but no, that was so good. I love that you brought up the whole, um, being too much thing and kind of wanted mm. to circle back on that a little bit. Of course. This is something that a lot of people um, deal with, but at the same time, uh, the not enough piece comes up in within that. I know for me on a lot of, like when I first started um, putting myself out there, I had a little bit of both where it was like this, this um, fear or whatever around like, am I really capable? But then there was also the, 
this thought of, oh, well, if I really let myself all out, then, you know, I'm going to intimidate people or, you know, it'll feel a little much. And mm-hmm. uh, this is all, something that I talked a, a lot about with, with clients and everything too, and support them in. And yeah, I guess I, my question or what I would, cause I love your riffs <laughs> would be, um, when it comes to that, the whole too much thing mm-hmm. is mostly what you're saying in this masculine feminine conversation is b- being that safe masculine for yourself in those moments when you feel like you're too much and not judging yourself for, is that correct? hundred percent. And it's, for me, it was like literally a process of going back, like timeline, doing timeline mm-hmm. work. But for, it was like more than timeline work because I was like physically in the experience of it. So it was like multiple dimensional, I don't know what it was, healing work mm-hmm. to be with and hold those parts of myself in the past that felt like too much. And also in the moment of being rejected, like so for instance, recently, like a couple months ago, I had called in a partner who was like, freak the fuck he's like yeah oh my god you're so magic and powerful and i'm here for it and like well i see the tornado that's inside you the volcano that wants to explode and then when i actually express some of those emotions he shut himself and shut down and it was the reminder in that moment for myself of being like okay you can't hold my emotions and you feel that i'm too much but that Mm -hmm. is not a reflection of me actually being too much that's your reflection so it's like Mm -hmm. self-love really Mm self-love is what it all comes down to to me the ability to sit with that part of yourself look at it and be like for me it was also in that connection it was really interesting there was another version of too much which i'm being told to talk about weirdly enough but it was like i was so afraid in that period of my life when i was with that man as well i was going through something where it was like the amount of love of energy, of spirit that wanted to flow through me. I was afraid that it was so much that I would dissolve and I would die. Like it was this irrational fear that it was too much. It was too much life force. It was too much love. Like, and it was like, I don't even know if I can hold this much love. It's going to obliterate me. Like I'm afraid that this much power in my body is going to obliterate me. A lot of us have this with our gifts as well. It's like Mm -hmm. this irrational fear of like, if I was to fully open my channel and allow this much love or allow my gifts to come online or who my soul truly is to fill me up or allow God to fill me up or whatever it is, I will explode. Like it's too much, right? Mm -hmm. It's irrational that we have that. And in that moment, I had to just acknowledge and witness and be with that fear. So yeah, being in that masculine for myself, being like, I see that this is a completely irrational fear of like, it's just more love. How is it going to kill you? It's just more love. Like more love is always a good thing. And if you die, well, then it's going to be a rebirth. You know that we've been through this process enough times to know that we're never really going to die. Like we just keep being reborn in different iterations. Um, But I had to like not spiritually bypass that part of myself who felt like it was too much or who was afraid or who was feeling like the rejection of this dude mm-hmm. being like, you're too much. Like I've you're too much. Too. Yeah. You have to do. And I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't take it on, but I, it did. Uh, it just was, it was disheartening a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I think a lot of us have these experiences, particularly with men. I mean, I don't want to be heteronormative or whatever, but we're talking about feminine masculine dynamics. I, predominantly relate with men. So this is where I'm going with this, um, where we feel like we're too much for a lot of these men, particularly mm-hmm. like if you were a normal, like, and, and to use the inverted commas here, like a normal un, unawakened person who wasn't tapped in with their emotions, women already feel like they're too much for men. Then imagine you're awakened as fuck. Mm-hmm. You're a fucking Oracle. You're a channel. <laughs> you're gifted. You're thriving. You know, you're, you're in all this energy, this divine feminine energy. And then the men are kind of lagging behind and they're getting there. And I don't want to like pay lip service to this. There are no awakened men because that's bullshit. And I'm seeing that Mm -hmm. there are so many beautiful conscious men and more of them keep showing up every single day Mm -hmm. because that's a story that we need to let go of. I think a lot of us are so attached to this story of where are all the good men? There are no men who can hold me in my emotions. That's bullshit, guys. There are so many men that can hold us in our emotions Mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily the most spiritual enlightened guys either so it's like open your eyes and allow yourself to be surprised but went on a like a a love rant for a second Mm -hmm. there but um they're coming and the more you hold that like I had to hold that masculine polarity of like you're not too much I see you I love you the the pain of the rejection the heartbreak I had to hold that 
four years before a man showed up in my reality who was able to hold me through my emotions. And now it's like the minute a man can't hold me in my emotions because I've reiterated that so many times, you're not too much, you're not too much, you're not too much, I've got you. They don't have you. That's a reflection on them. That's a reflection mm-hmm. on they can't even see themselves. Like something in me is triggering something in them mm-hmm. and it's got nothing to do with me, right? And that was my purpose in that person's life was to trigger them. But I'm not taking that on because I love myself and I know that I'm clear and I know that my emotions, like so for instance, with that dude, I knew that I was actually, I checked in. And so self-awareness is always a part of this. Like have awareness of like, am I just verbally <laughs> like diarrheaing all over this guy, all these emotions and I'm, I'm manipulating with my emotions or I'm mm-hmm. trying to get something out of him with my emotions or what, like, am I clear in my emotions? Am I clear? Is this an authentic, true emotion for me? Or is this just me lashing out, right? If it's a clear, authentic emotion and expression and it's true for you in that moment, right? And you're clear on that, and you know that it's it's coming from a place which is authentic and they can't handle that, then that's on them. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's the point that you need to realize. Like, it's not our responsibility to then do the emotional labor for them to explain our emotions and why they're not too much. Like, if they can't hold it, that's their shit. For this man, it was like, I literally knew this when I met him because I did a chart, like I checked out charts and I was like, I said this to him too. We did a chart, I did a chart reading for him and I was like, oh, I'm here to like trigger all of your the power in you. And I literally, I was like, I'm here to trigger your mother wound. I'm here to trigger, you know, your fear of the intensity of your own power in you and this and that and this. And he's like, I'm here for it. Let's go. And then like, literally the minute I showed him 5% of my emotion, he freaked out. And there's no shade. Like, I love this man. It's Mm -hmm. all good. Like it is what it is. But I could have taken that so personally in that moment when he was like freezing up, like, holy shit, she's like so emotional and chaotic. And I was like, I'm not even being chaotic right now because I'm holding my own emotion. I'm not expecting you to do it for me, right? Mm-hmm. We can't expect them or be forcing someone else to hold our emotions for us. That's not what they're there for. Someone else is not there. The man is not there to hold your emotions for them. You can't demand that from him. You need to be like, I have my emotions. I'm okay to be vulnerable in my emotions and share them, but whether or not you show the fuck up for me to hold me in those emotions, that's on you. That's your decision. I don't, you know, and then when you can do that and be clear and still be in your emotion, be like, okay, cool. Walk out the door. I'm still going to be holding myself. That's when you start to see guys who can hold it for you. And so like, it took me four years of holding my own shit to be able to see a guy who was like capable of seeing me in this emotional chaos. And he didn't take it personally. Because what's happening, and this is, again, a message for someone with these men, is that it's triggering their insecurity when you're emotional because they just want to fix you. Mm. It's not because there's a problem with you. It's like, oh, my God, this reminds me of my mom yelling at me and it's because I'm not good enough. It's not because, right, it's not because you're too much. It's because they feel not enough. So that's a reframe. Like, literally, if some guy is, like, can't hold you and it's making you feel like I'm too much, it's like, it's not that you're too much. It's that their ego can't hold how magnificent you fucking are because it would obliterate their little mind. And they're just not ready for that. Right. Like take that on. It's huge. Um, And so now I have, I mean, this one person was just one little thing, but I've had so many men who have been able to just hold me while I'm literally crying and shaking and screaming and speaking in tongues and having these huge shamanic like things. And they're like, cool because I'm not taking this personally Mm -hmm. Beck's just doing her thing she's processing and that's okay I can hold the space for that because I'm clear because they know that it's not because of them it's just something that I'm processing so they exist is what I want to say and just watch what what you're saying no man can hold me there are no conscious spiritual men like there are no men who are on my level spiritually because men aren't meant to be on our level they're they're meant to master the material realm they're meant to be masters of the mental the intellectual the discipline the here present physical realm to get the shit done to build the structures we're meant to be the ones in the chaos and the emotions and the i mean not all the time but the intuitive tornado and all of that (laughs) stuff and they're meant to be anchoring us here and we of course have our own masculine doing that for ourselves but we don't want men to be hyper emotional in their fields all the time right so we don't want to look for men that are like hyper spiritual yogi guru like fucking galactic shamans because to be honest, most of the men that are like that are too feminine. They're too in their feminine. They've just gone way too in their feminine. That's why you feel safe with them. It's not because they're, you know, like making you feel safe. It's because they're feminine. So you're like, oh, feminine energy. I love that. But actually they can't do what you require them to do or what you need them to do, which is to be that polarity for you to ground you here to earth. Mm. I don't know why that tangent happened, but I think it's a message for someone like the most spiritual men are actually the ones who are just in their heart and they're just 
loving, like, right. I feel into my soul, soul twin flame, whatever you want to call them counterpart. And he's just love, like he's just loving. And I'm actually seeing someone at the moment and it's not that person. There's a soul connection. It's very beautiful and healing. And I was a mess the other day, like for no reason, I was this like babbling fucking crying mess about some past life stuff that we were going. And I was just like, literally just crying and screaming and just like, I was just a mess. And he was just there just holding me. Like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I'm here for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, you just do you, it's all good. And that that's it. Like, and it's not because this man is like this shaman who's so connected. He's just connected to his heart and he's just a decent person Mm -hmm. and is not going to just walk out on a woman and her emotions because he was conditioned that women are too much. So what I'm trying to say is like, we need to be open to it. Maybe not looking the way that we think, because Mm -hmm. there are so many men who are like just naturally conscious good men that maybe we're going to miss them because we're so focused on, Oh, he has to have a spiritual practice and he has to do ayahuasca and he has to meditate every day. And it's like, this dude's a fucking mechanic that has motorbikes. Like he's just this Mexican dude. That's like just so heart open that he can just sit there and process my emotions. But yeah, went on a rant, but that's what I'm trying to say is like, we got to be open to it looking a little bit different if, Mm -hmm. if we want to be held in that way. Yeah. Beautiful. I love this conversation. I feel like it's uh, going so many different ways that feels really expansive in support of just like learning how to manage our own energy, our own emotions and um, being able to be in the presence of others who could be supportive in that as well, ultimately supports us in being more of who we truly are and more fully expressed, which is like this whole conversation you know, circling back to like the intention of this was in support of your full expression. And we've got to be able to do that for ourselves. And ultimately that supports us in opening our gifts more and our channel more. And because that's all channeling is too, is that expression of our energy and our essence. And I think that everything that we've been talking about has been in support of that. I know for me, a lot of this stuff around love, relationships, all this stuff that you were just riffing on has been a huge part of my journey and growth, especially over the last two years. I started talking about it a little bit more because I, I I haven't a lot because it was very deeply personal for me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I can re- resonate with a lot of what you're saying and the lessons I've had to learn, the things that I've had to let go of, uh, the people I've had to forgive, the things within myself that you know, needed to be processed, shifted, whatever that actually has supported my personal growth and expansion in ways beyond words. Yeah. Yeah. And because those people, like we have all sorts of soulmates that come in to like activate us and Mm -hmm. every single one of them for me, I've had like five to 10 really formative karmic connections in the past four. That's a lot of like oh my God, this person's a soulmate. And because I read past lives and I'm tapped into this stuff, I know that they actually are. Just had a lot of karma to clear up, obviously. I was like, everyone, let's get together and I'm just done. <laughs> I'm not coming back here, right? But um, every single one, it was bringing me back to myself because I was looking for love in every single one of these men. Please love me. Please tell me I'm okay. Please tell me I'm not too much. Please tell me I'm this, that, whatever. And all of them just obliterated me. <laughs> and rejected me and abandoned me in the end or whatever it was that they did so I could be like oh fuck it you're not choosing me I'm going to choose me and I love me Mm. and ultimately what that did was allow more of my life force more of my expression more of my unapologetic self so now when I call people in they're like I love you how you are exactly as you are and it's because you're being so authentically you right like soulmates who you're like whoa like I have this best friend now and we're just so it's crazy. It's like looking in a mirror. Like we say the same thing at the same time. We like all the same things. It's like, whoa, holy shit. We're the same person. The, the, the likeness that we are because I learned to love and accept all of me and really think that I'm a dope human that I want to hang out with. And so now I'm finding people who like me being me and my authentic frequency and everything that I am and not holding anything back is like a filter mm-hmm. of like, it calls the people that are for you and it repels the people that are not for you. And it's amazing and it's perfect. And it always works because the people that come into my vortex, like, holy shit, like clients, friends, lovers, whatever it is. I think you're incredible. I love you. You're amazing. Everything that you are, you can't, I can't fault you. You're incredible. And they call me on my shit as well. You know, you got to have mm-hmm. that too. I love but then that. the people, yeah, the people not for me, I mean, I don't get rejected because like I'm just myself. So if you don't want to be near me from the beginning, then it's not rejection. It's just like, okay, we don't vibe. And I don't take it personally because there's people that I don't vibe with. And so it's like, we need to stop taking things so personally. We're all here to be unique. We're all here to be different. 
and us being different and unique gives someone permission to be themselves fully expressed. And there are, I don't know, someone needs to hear this. Like, I know that you think that there is no one who is going to see you or love you or understand you and everything that you are, but those people are going to love you because of everything you are, all your weird, wacky shit. Like I'm so weird guys. I'm like the weirdest fucking human in the world. I do some shit and I'm like, wow. Like if someone saw me, they're going to lock me up because I'm crazy weird. (laughs) And ironically, that's the thing that the people in my life who are closest to me love the most about me. Right. Like these things that were like, Oh, that's so shameful and dark and like ugly or unattractive. Like they love it. They love your ugly crying. They love your weird, hand symbols that you do when you're channeling they love your hysterical like orgasmic laughter when you're crying and then you start laughing like weird shit right like whatever it is whatever your weird stuff is that you're like no one's ever gonna like or understand this that's the thing that's gonna make someone fall in love with you um because that's that's you being you um so that's i guess that's what i have to say about that like yeah yeah beautiful and and you can i want to like kind of bring this into the business talk a little bit too Mm -hmm. of how powerful this is when it comes to growing your impact and serving clients and really being seen and being more visible to the souls that you're meant to support like that this is where the magic truly is and i know me and you kind of on the same vibe with like the new paradigm leadership and the energetics and stuff like that like soul to soul resonance happens when you're literally being your fully expressed self and allowing your channel to be open and like being your witchy weird woo self and like letting go of the fear of rejection that comes up a lot in business too around people yeah. sharing their offers and sharing their work and um can you share a little bit about that like being a clear channel with your work and like how like you know uh utilizing these concepts that we've been talking about into um, how you're showing up, because I think this is such an important conversation, especially for those of us who are intuitives, channelers, healers, like, um, you know, mediums, what have you. And I know a lot of people um, are either afraid to share their gifts in the full capacity, or they, um, they don't always trust their channel. I've I've even worked with people who are really amazing mediums and stuff, and they still kind of second guess, like really leaning into what they know is mm-hmm. true and how things work, like as far as energetics go. And I would love to hear like a little riff on that before we close it up. <laughs> yeah, what a great riff to end on. Um, what's coming through and it's like so loud is it's not fucking about you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like how humbling is that? Like get over yourself. It's not about you. Like boohoo, someone doesn't like your posts. Boohoo, <laughs> Jenny next door thinks you're crazy. Like boohoo, whatever. It's not about you. It's about the message that wants to move through you. So get yourself out of the way. That's how you become a clear channel is like stop worrying about what people are going to think. Stop worrying about how many likes are gonna, am I going to get on this mm-hmm. post. Stop worrying about metrics like um, how much money am I making? What do I look like to other people? Do I look as successful? Do I have a big following? Whatever it is, like that shit is blocking you from being a, a pure channel. When you're a pure channel, you're asking God, what would you like me to do today? What what do you require of me? And it's not saying you can't ask for high income months. You can't ask for amazing soulmate clients, all that thing. You're just asking like, hey, what do you require of me? Um, what is it? What can I post today? Where do you want me? Right. And, and the other thing is like a lot of us have non-physical missions, mm-hmm. which is not like we have our business. Yes. But a lot of you out there are grid workers. You're like, you're here to, with your frequency to go to different places and share frequency and all that stuff. Like I'm on a grid work mission out here that no one knows that I'm doing. It's probably the biggest thing I'll ever do in my whole life in this whole lifetime. And I'm not going to get a single vote of recognition from anyone over it. Like that mm. shit is humbling that like literally every day I'm like, I don't have a plan and I've got to ask, so where do you want me to go spirit and trusting when you receive a message and it's clear and you get that feeling or that sense or that nudge towards something, take the action in that moment, because if you snooze on it, you're going to miss it. And it's not to say you're going to miss the opportunity, but it's because that opportunity will always come around, but you're missing slipstreams every time you snooze your intuition. And sometimes it's like, we get the download and then we get in our head and we talk ourselves out of it. I see this all the time. I do readings for people and I deliver all these messages to them. And they're like, I've been receiving all the same messages, but I've been like, who me, you know, why I'm too little for this or like, this is crazy. Or like, 
it's just my head. I'm just making it up. And it's like most of you are super tapped in and you know the steps, you know what to do, you know what offer to run, you know what post to write, you know what person to reach out to, but you second guess. So the like the invitation for you is to when you get a feeling about something or thinking, stop thinking, take your brain out of the equation, just take the action. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more you'll build that muscle because intuition is a muscle of trust and Mm -hmm. this time I I listened to that weird ping that told me to go to this place and I don't know why I ended up going here or like this time I launched I I sent an email God told me send an email I sent an email and then someone signed up from that email or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. they told me to post this thing or reach out to this person the more you do that and practice the stronger it gets to then you don't doubt it anymore Mm -hmm. like I and now I'm out here and like some of the things I'm I'm told to do it's crazy it's wild it's like doesn't make any sense but okay I'm gonna do it and that's how I live my life but that's because I've had to practice and test and practice and test and practice Mm -hmm. and test so just as an exercise like literally give yourself a month and say, I'm going to live my life completely intuitively led following what feels good. Like, where's the joy? Where's the desire? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to follow that. Like if it feels good, that's usually guiding you in the direction of what you want with the exception of some things don't feel good. We have to do them for our growth. Right. Like, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it always feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. Um, because that's harmful because we actually do need to put in work sometimes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for a month, see what happens. Ask, hey, guide me. Hey, what do my people need right now? Because our mission, our business, our offerings aren't about us. It's about the people that we're serving. So if you're like, I'm going to create this offer because my my mind and my ego are telling me this is what's going to get me 10K a month, mm-hmm. right? Then you're not in service. You're not operating from heart. You're not a pure channel. When you're saying, God, give me the offering that my people require from me right now, then you will receive it. And then the people will come in magically, right? And we're not trying to force it. And then it's like people, I've seen this like so many times in my business. I will have someone sign up paid in full for like a a long container, whatever it is. I've never heard of them before. And they're like, I don't know. I just need to like work with you. I heard one thing from your podcast and and now I'm going to need to work with you. I saw one post and it's always the perfect timing, right? Like that happens to me constantly. It gets to be magical when you're receiving the download, right? And so just trusting like, what feels good, what feels aligned, what feels true for me to offer in the moment. And that's usually, you know, what is required in that moment. Um, get out of your head. That's my advice. That's the yeah. best advice of the day. And it's so true because our mind can easily take you in all kinds of different directions and you are not your mind, yeah. <laughs> You're not your thoughts. And so, yeah, I love that. Listening to your intuition is really the key. And I think that there's a lot of things that get people um, hung up even outside of the mind, like as far as growing your business, there's so much advice, people saying this, that, and the other, and it can be confusing at times. Um, you can, some people can think that this is the only way and it goes against what their soul is truly wanting to do or share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have gone through that. I've been through my share of that. And, you know, I, I think that it really comes down to not only trusting yourself and your intuition, but also like really leading yourself and being the trailblazer and, um, yes. taking what resonates for you and leaving what doesn't and just being bold enough to do it your fucking way. I want to add one little, little piece on the end of that. Like you're the visionaries you're here to yeah. pave paths that no one else has paved. So if you're trying to follow Susie, fucking whoever's like yeah. mission plan to like get you to a 10 K month, but it doesn't actually resonate or light your soul up. It's not going to work. You're here to do business in a way that's never been done before because it's a sole mission. It's a sole business. Some of the things and the ways that I run my business make no sense. And they go against, like, I know I'm not here to do one-on-one work in a long-term capacity. It just doesn't light me up. It doesn't work. It's not how I'm an activator. I work on big energies, big groups. I'm here to help a lot of people. Yeah. And everyone keeps telling me, do a private mentorship, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. And it just doesn't work for me. And I've realized recently. I usually only take like one or two at a time. Yeah. For me, it's like I receive codes around something, whatever it is, like it's a transmission. I deliver that transmission to five, six people, whoever it is that needs to receive it. And then I move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. That's how I work. And I'm not meant to repeat the same thing. Sorry? Manygen. I'm a manygen. Yeah. So you need to figure out what that is for you and stop taking that advice from someone else of like, this is how you should do it or how I did it. Mm-hmm. because how you do it is it's it's specific to your design it's specific to what your purpose is it's specific to what works for you like some people work on Voxer and like zoom like there's all different ways that we like to support people and what feels good for us and whatever feels the easiest and the most effortless and the most juicy and pleasurable 
that's how you're meant to make the money, right? Like it's not, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable and hard. Um, yeah. yeah. Just had to add that. Like you're all the visionaries. <laughs> yeah. Amen yeah. to that. Uh, uh, this is a great note to leave it on, like to trust your channel, follow your intuition and, you know, be around people or work with people who expand you and support you and really just being your fully expressed self and channeling that into everything that you're doing because nobody could do it like you. Mm-hmm. Like we exactly. all have each, you know, secret sauce. I love that. So Thank true. you so much for this really incredible activating conversation, Beck. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank where you for you having be- me. It's fun. Yeah. Is there anything, any last things you want to share or where could people find you? Anything you got going on? Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest at Beck Mylonis, M-Y-L-O-N-A-S. My website is beckmylonis.com. I I mean, honestly, by the time you release this, who knows what I'll have going on because it's like, <laughs> I'm very much like, what do you want me to do now, Spirit? Okay. At the moment, I'm in Mexico. I'm in this massive ass grid work mission. So I think the work that I'll be doing moving forward has a lot to do with Mayan energy, has a lot to do with ancient technology and wisdom. It's really exciting stuff. So yeah, keep an eye out. I've got my own podcast you can check out and they're all activations. I want to say as well, like specific to that feminine masculine healing, the feminine conversation, there was an episode that was pinging me to like share, go Mm. listen to this episode. It's one of the earlier episodes. It's called like softening into feminine vulnerability. Go listen to that. If you're angry at the masculine, I've got like four or five podcasts that'll help you clear that shit. So that's, that's a good resource for you. If you're like, how do I help heal my masculine stuff? It's like, and it's the podcast is cracked open. Cracked open with Beck Melonis. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sorry for that plug there. I just feel like they're really useful resources when you're like, I need to deal with my masculine anger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'll share all of those links in the show notes too, to their podcast, your Instagram, to your site. Um, And yeah, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of this. This was so beautiful. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave some love by leaving a review on iTunes or come hit me up on Instagram at it's Stephanie Sage. And make sure before you go, you check out the show notes so that you know where to connect with Beck and you can see all the amazing magic I have coming up in my world that you should totally be part of. And if you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're absolutely obsessed with, find me on Instagram at it's Stephanie Sage or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you so, so much and I'll see you in the next episode.